welcome back to Sauce Talk the 11th best thing on the internet about sauce. We have a great episode for you Dave is here. Fun fact did you know that Dave is the tallest person on our WhatsApp chain? Maybe. I'm not really sure. Johnny programmed me and he sucks at knowing how tall people are. One time Johnny was in a car with some people and one of them was Pat's wife Jen and Jen was like I'm 5'10 and Johnny was like no I don't think so and then they all got out of the car and got damn if she wasn't 5'10. Whoops. Bad job Johnny. Anyway you tall fucks can hash it out if I am wrong. On with the show. Oh, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are finally back. It's been too long, but not that long. We had a little bit of a holiday break. Uh, a lot of people go out of town for the holidays. I didn't go anywhere. I stayed right here in this red room in which I record every podcast, but that's okay. We're back today, and we got a barn burner of a guest for you. Ladies and gentlemen, on the other line, it's Dave Artman. How are you doing, Dave? Hi, I'm good, John. How are you? Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, very happy to have you here. Uh, How is life out there on the uh, West Coast? Things treating you well? Life is good, yeah. Things are very busy. It's very rainy, as it is at this time of year. It's going to be like that through May, probably. But no, things are good. What is the... Tell me the seasons in Portland. Um, So there is sun from... June-ish, like maybe second week of June through like September. It's really nice. And then it's pretty cloudy and rainy. But it's not it's it's not a bad rain all the time, but it's mostly overcast. Like in Seattle, like it rains it rains quite a bit. It'll rain for three weeks at a time and with like bigger drops, but here it's it's much lighter. It just it just mostly drizzles for half the year. It kind of drizzles and it's it's a little bit foggy, um, but it's not super cold. We get snow like a couple of times, maybe, but maybe not this year because it's really warm. Is how close is Portland to the ocean? Um, drive time about an hour fifteen to an hour forty five, depending on traffic. It, why is it called Portland if there's no port? Oh, it's the river. So the river goes up that way. Yeah, there's uh, so there's the Columbia, which separates Washington from Oregon, which is the river that Lewis and Clark came down. Okay. And then in Portland itself, there's the Willamette, um, which divides the city uh, in half, essentially. Um, it's a city of just mountains. There's a valley and the river in between. Divides it, that divides the city in half, and there's something like 14 bridges. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so you basically have ocean access. If you via, wanted it. Via a waterway. It just, yeah, you just yeah. don't happen to have the ocean right there. Right. So you could take the Columbia. Um, you could follow the Columbia out to the ocean. Is that a thing people do? I think so. Is that, uh, is that like river? I don't know. Navigable is probably not the right word for a kayak or whatever. But can, you can just get in there and say, let's see what happens. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you'd be paddling for a long time. (laughs) Perhaps I can't do it, but a person, in theory, could do Uh, it. No, I mean, you'd have to have, uh, I don't know, 
you have to be an avid kayaker, I think. But if you had a, if you had a powerboat, for sure, yeah, pe- people do that. I mean, people launch, I think, in Portland and then head out for fishing on the ocean because because it's where the salmon okay uh, pass through. And there's not like a million dams going up the thing that are going to fuck you up when you try to do that. Oh, that's an issue. Uh, n- no, um, excuse me, uh, not that way. But if you go back the other way, there are there are dams, uh, and you know it's it's a big issue. People want them removed. Right. I think I think that might be. I think I've heard about that about how like we were kind of rethinking some of this stuff out in the Northwest what we did with our water management. Oh perhaps, yeah. Perhaps we could have managed it less in retrospect. Yeah, you know, it's. I mean, it's a source of power. On one hand, on the other, on the other, you know, we we have like one percent of the salmon we used to. Oof. Uh, well, speaking of 1% of the salmon, maybe your thing you're going to say for uh, eating anything good lately is partially salmon. Who knows? That's a good transition. Dave, eat anything good lately? Oh, no. Uh, well, yes, I have, but uh, it's not going to be salmon. Uh, it's. Uh, I'm glad you reminded me about this because I totally forgot, but uh, there's a little restaurant up here that just opened. It replaced the pizza place, which I really liked. Um, but they have a brunch and they make a really mean, I think I'm going to pronounce this right. Shashuka. It's Shashuka, which is a, you know, very simple tomato dish with eggs on top or inside. They're all roasted together. And I think it's an Israeli, at least Middle Eastern. And they serve it with this toasted bread. There's this really thick grilled bread that you dip inside and the eggs cook in the tomato sauce, and it's spicy, and they top it with cilantro, and maybe there's just some little cheese drizzle on top, and it's in, like, a cast iron pan, and it is just delicious and and warm and spicy and just very filling and perfect for, you know, especially here when it's it's kind of chilly out, it's kind of rainy, you walk up to there to have their brunch, and it's just delicious. What are those eggs like on top of it? How do they do those? Well, so they're inside. So they're um, so like tomatoes make, on the outside. No, no, no. So it's all, and you can make this at home. I make it, but it's just you know a very poor man's version. But imagine like a mini cast iron skillet. Okay. Like six, seven inches across, and it's with tomato sauce, and there are eggs inside, and you put all that maybe in the oven, or you put the you crack the eggs in it while the tomato sauce is hot, and then it all cooks together. So the eggs are sort of maybe half poached. And so when it gets to you, you know, it's on like a wooden plate because you can't touch the skillet. It's too hot. And, and you like, maybe you stir it or maybe you dip, maybe you dip the bread in the eggs and then some in the sauce and then eat it. And it's, it's just ridiculous. It's so good. That sounds like I, when you first described it, I was picturing not a tomato sauce, but like solid cooked tomatoes with mm-hmm. like eggs on top of it. And that sounded, Pretty good. This thing you've described sounds like it blows that shitty thing I was thinking about away. I mean, oh, that, yeah. that, that sounds outstanding. It's so good, yeah. Like in college, I remember I had uh, my roommate, his girlfriend, um, he had a girlfriend from Italy that would come visit, and she would make like just, you know, just like, you know, little things that made them so, so good, and she would make tomato and eggs with, with pasta. And then, you know, so you try that at home. When I try making the susuka, when I when it comes out for me, it's like the eggs are all hard, and tomato sauce is good. But this restaurant, like you know, the eggs are still soft, and you could just dip your bread, and it's really nice. 
It sounds wonderful, and I think that's also a nice transition into something we kind of wanted to talk about, uh, we discussed previously. Just in general, uh, uh, cooking or eating without eating meat, and I think you're kind of getting at one of the things I've really come to like about uh, not cooking meat, is that I feel much more freedom, because like generally I'm not so worried, Like I still have food safety concerns. I do not behave in a wanton manner in the kitchen, but I, it's much less scary when I'm cooking something up and I don't have to be like, well, first off, if I don't cook the chicken all the way through, I'll die at the end. But right. you can, like, like this thing you're talking about here, you can just be like, well, you know, I like eggs and I like this good tomato sauce I got here. So we'll just kind of put them together and everything's a nice temperature. I'll just eat it. And it, it, it's much less scary and you can just be, be more brazen than like, if I don't make this chicken cook for half an hour, I'm going to be ruined. Is that kind of the thing you're getting at here? Um, I guess, and you're, you're, but you're talking about having flashbacks to seeing at the, this is a topic that's come up a number of times, but I still remember seeing the picture of the turkey that Pat ate, I think it was Thanksgiving, um, the year of Paul's wedding, so whichever year that was, uh, I think it was made two years ago, it was Paul's, uh, Pat's turkey sashimi. Um, no, that is not a concern. I, tell me, I, this vaguely sounds familiar, the turkey sashimi. Tell me more about this. Oh, um, i got to think back. Uh, so Paul's wedding was, uh, I think it was Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> i got to think of the year because Adele, Adele was pregnant with, with our daughter, who is now almost two. So I guess it would have been 2017, October 2017. Um, I think Pat had Thanksgiving dinner with, uh, Jen's family as they normally do. Um, there was some turkey that was slightly undercooked. <laughs> I'm saying slightly, but I saw the pictures and it looked really <laughs> undercooked. It was, it was freaking raw. Um, but Pat being, you know, the nice, awesome guy he is and, and very polite son-in-law, I think, you know, tried it and, and had some, seemed to feel fine. Remember we, then the next day we went out, went out for dinner, we went to this really good pasta restaurant and Lee was there too. And Adele was, um, I think Gailey was there also, but anyway, Pat apparently that night got just incredibly sick. Oh no. And then through the next day, because it gives me get food poisoning from raw turkey. Yeah. You're not supposed to eat that. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so Pat, sorry, I'm so sorry to hear about that, but. Uh, that image looked really bad. Hope you feel better. Uh, my mom told me a story once about some investigative journalism she engaged in where, uh, her, so my mom, so my, this would be my paternal grandmother, uh, would make Thanksgiving dinner for my dad and her kids every year. And there was a famous story about one year shortly after Thanksgiving, totally unrelated, everybody in the family got the flu just horribly. Oh, and no. then, uh, my mom, and I, I think this was like before I was born, heard this story from her either mother-in-law or soon-to-be mother-in-law and was like, huh, that's like, her ears like, that's weird. Everybody got the flu right after they had a meal together. And then, so tell me, tell me, Joanne, how did you, uh, how, how do you make turkey? And it turns out that her legit recipe I guess she's she's raised on the the low and slow 
method of <laughs> cooking turkey. And she was legitimately cooking it overnight at like 250 degrees oh, or something. Oh, God. And somehow oh. this didn't happen every year. It only happened the one time. And then after that, I don't know if everybody kind of knew that something was up and just didn't want to tell mom or what it was. But uh, they didn't really have turkey so much after that. That was kind of the last time. But she was like, oh, yeah, I make turkey the normal way. It's like 16 hours in the oven at 240 degrees. Oh, God. And an unrelated story. One time everybody got the flow. Yeah, I mean, that's so dangerous. Cause, I mean, it starts as, starts, as, starts as an ice cube, right? It's got a long ways to go. Yeah. Um, let's, do, let's do a little adjustment on the fly. Uh, this is a fun topic. Uh, when's the last time you got food poisoning? Oh, boy. Um, it's been a long time. Oh, uh, uh, the most memorable time, which I also think was the last time it would have been like 2005. It's been a long time. 2005. Any story behind anything interesting happened? Uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I got really sick in a little bit, it's a little bit embarrassing way. So I guess I'll tell you, um, hopefully make people laugh. Uh, this was soon after I was in, moved to Taiwan. And I guess, so I guess it was maybe 2005. I probably hadn't been there for a year. So I'm just thinking out loud. I was living with this English dude named Mark. I'm trying to picture the timeline, but anyway, went to vacation to the Philippines and, uh, was on, Boracay, which is like this um, long island. Um, you just, it's just like straight beach. Um, I plan on going to this other island for diving later. To get there, it's just, it's like a two-hour flight, and then you got to travel for like another day to just to get like you know fifty miles away because the the roads are so bad. But uh, my favorite thing to drink in Taiwan was a papaya shake, which. I don't know if you've ever had papaya. Do you like papaya? Have you had it? I, yeah, I believe I've had papaya. I think I am I'm generally familiar with papaya. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's like it's a strange, you know, it's a strange fruit. Like it kind of tastes like vomit, but like in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, I, I loved having papaya milk, just like a you know milk and like papaya and maybe some 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 uh, some sweetener, but. Uh, I remember having a papaya shake one evening and then having some food. And then I guess it was the next day, like, or no, I had a papaya shake, went back and t- took a nap and then got really sick in my little hut that was by the beach. You know, it's like, I don't know, 35, 40 degrees Celsius out. Oh, God. And like, obviously, no, no air conditioning. <laughs> and like, the toilet is like, you know, this just like pot that you kind of pour water into and just getting just sick, sicker and sicker and sicker. And I remember at one point running out of water and then having just crazy fever dreams about being in a war. Oh, my God. And yeah, it was bad. And then the next morning, like, crawling out and someone on, like, a trikey, which was, like, a little, like, guy rides a bike and you ride on the back and pay him, like, found me on the road and, like, took me to the little clinic. <laughs> like, hooked me to an IV. <laughs> yeah, and, that, like, the, the clinic was literally the size, you know, it was maybe half the size of this room. Wow. It was tiny. Yeah. That's amazing. If you made a list of all the days in your life and then picked out the days it would be least convenient to have food poisoning, 
That might that, be like the time. Like, like you probably don't want to do it on like your wedding day, and it's like you need to attend to the birth of your child. It would be a bad day. But other than stuff like that, it's pretty bad. It's like the day I happen to be in this hut out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, the day I'm yeah. going to go for oh, it. Yeah, well, I had people with me, and they were in nearby huts. And but so, I mean, I think they would have found me eventually. Think they would have found you eventually. I ran out of water really early, and then just like you know, losing fluid from like every part of your body. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, yeah. I do remember uh, I did I did lose a lot of weight during that time, and so I was really impressed. Like, oh, I look really thin right now. <laughs> well, at least there's a happy ending to your, right, your yeah. truly kind of upsetting story. Quick way to lose eight kilos. <laughs> uh, Dave, what sauce are you bringing to the table this week? So I thought about this. Uh, there's been a lot of sauces covered, um, but there's one I discovered that I really like. Let's see if I have the reference here. Oh yeah, I do. And I, I read about this in the Oregonian, which is our local paper and is typically just a terrible newspaper. <laughs> um, but they had, uh, this recipe for this stuff called bomb sauce. So I said, bomb sauce, what's bomb sauce. And, uh, sounded good i tried it made it it was really good and freaking put it on everything i ordered the cookbook because it comes from a cookbook but um it is basically mushrooms should i read out the ingredients would that help yeah let's go for it yeah my thing about food these days and i'm glad this like making this podcast and what's called what it is is because I think food basically tastes well, like whatever you put on it. And uh, so I put this stuff on everything. So I'll just read out the ingredients. Shiitake mushrooms, garlic, bell pepper, orange juice, tomato paste, soy sauce, miso paste, Worcestershire sauce, nutritional yeast, brown sugar, Sherry vinegar, which Warren gave a shout out to, which is really awesome because sherry vinegar is really good. Uh, Dijon mustard, garlic powder, smoked paprika, ginger, cayenne pepper. That is a outstanding list of uh, go-to things that I really like adding to stuff that I would not necessarily have said you could just pile all into one sauce and come out in a good way. Yeah, literally just... Like, except for the mushrooms, like, which you got to soak in hot water, you, like, throw everything in a food processor, hit go, and it chops it up. And it's, like, so it's from this book called Umami Bomb, which is just, I, I really don't know what umami is, except I know, like, when I put it on something, that things taste better, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Like, you know, you put, like, some, some soy sauce or, or, I don't know, maybe it's, like, some miso and a tahini dressing, and it, it's, like, you're, like, oh, that's what it was missing, but it's not something you could ever put your finger on. But I think this recipe has, <clears throat> you know, all like all those ingredients are things that chefs or people who know about food say, oh, this has a lot of umami, like like soy sauce and mushroom. And, you know, if you ask me what umami tastes like, I don't know. But all those things together are really good. So I don't know. If, if you're a vegetable person, I think it goes good with vegetables. Uh, it's probably great on meat. Like it's it's just because it has that deep like flavor. 
It's really nice. Deep is always the word I come back to. It's again, I don't know how this makes any sense when you're talking about food, or you're talking about flavor, but it almost is like like umami is like like the base notes, or even just like the, like the and it's like if it's not there, you're set. I have found uh, I like to make chili a lot, and I've started adding soy sauce to it usually because I've just found that is a flavor that is especially when I don't have a bunch of like beef or something in it. Uh, this is a, this is a flavor I'm not getting in there otherwise, and I think it really adds to it. I, th- I think I think yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, and it's like it's like maybe a deep is a good word for it because it, it's just so hard to express. But it's just you just know when it's missing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I do that too now with with chili, and sometimes I'll like take out this hold back the salt and just like add soy sauce slower and slower so you don't get like carried away and over season. But I, I just think it. It does wonders. Yeah, I like it a lot. The, the sauce sounds amazing. Like, so are there? It sounds like you could put it on basically anything. Are there specific things you've put it on that you found you found have worked especially well? Um, gosh, I, it's, it's like one of those things I just dip chips in, or <laughs> I put it on. Like, we we make a lot of quiche. Uh-huh. Here, like just like because it's just like you know we have a lot. Oh, we have a bunch of leftover vegetables. Let's like put them in a pan with some eggs and make some quiche. Um, what I do, and this is a trick I learned from from my mom, is like you know get like a gallon freezer bag, and like for sauces generally, get a gallon freezer bag, put it on a uh, sheet pan, like a metal sheet cookie tin, put it in the freezer, so it, like freezes flat. And then, and then as you go, like you, you're like, oh, I want some, I want some sauce. So you do this with chili, like, oh, I want some chili. Like you can break off a hunk and then like warm it up. That's awesome. Yeah. And so we, I just have like a couple of bags of this in the freezer, (laughs) break off and like, and, and defrost and then eat with whatever I'm eating. Cause I I think it goes with everything. Like, I mean, it, I mean, I can imagine Google with like, I don't know. Fried chicken nuggets or fried whatever would be delicious. Yeah, it sounds really great. And so, does this cookbook you have? Does it? You say this is an Inuami focused cookbook. Is that right? Yeah, and it's uh, I got it right here. So I'll, sh- I'll show you. The people people at home can't see, but they can they can Google Umami Bomb by Rachel Rachel Pezel. It, it, it's a oh, good yeah. looking book. If nothing else, you can put it right there on that. Yeah. Shelf above the stove or whatever you got. It looks that cooked yeah. area looks really cool. And there are about you know 230 pages of recipes, and it's about like seven inches high. It's a good looking thing to have in your kitchen. Absolutely, some bright colors. But no, and then it ranks things by like umami flavor or number of umami ingredients, like how many umami bombs it's got. <laughs> so, the, so, the, so the bomb sauce, as you'd expect, I think it has five umami bombs. So it goes straight, like straight for the straight for the heavy hitter. It sounds like really good stuff, uh, Dave. I have just one topic left. It's our major topic for the week, but it's a little bit of an unconventional major topic. <clears throat> How do you feel about mummies? Mummies? Yeah. Uh They deserve respect. Um, Certainly true. Yeah, and, and, we shouldn't be fucking with mummies. That's that's undoubtedly the case. Yeah, yeah. Like, also watch your step because they're probably going to curse you. Are, are, do you fear mummies? Yeah, I think I would. Okay. Yeah. So now, now, do you fear 
a mummy walking around with all that tape? Or do you <laughs> fear like the mummy in the box at the museum? Or oh. both? Oh. You know, maybe both. You know, there's that legend about the guy who discovered King Tut's tomb and then – or the, the, maybe both of them. Didn't they both die pretty soon after? Uh, an important part of the process, I'll give you a peek behind the curtain here, is that I do not research anything. So I generally know that there's something up. I think I think I, I definitely know there's some legend that there is a curse of people dying. But that sort of thing is always overblown. I'm sure like – one guy died or two guys died and then they were like, oh, and then there's a curse and everybody died. Yeah. I mean, it was also like out in, you know, the desert and they probably didn't have medical care. Yeah. And it was a long time ago and people just died all the time. Like people right. die all the time now, but they died way more all the time back then. <clears throat> I think that the mummy, first off, don't fuck with the mummy. Nobody goes in our graveyards and fucks them up. We shouldn't do that to them. And then, but second, the mummy as a monster sucks. Oh, think about, yeah. Think about the classic monsters. You got the wolf man. He, he transforms, transformation, that's scary. And then he loses control and he's got big claws and he'll eat you. Frankenstein is super strong and he's very confused and fears everything. Dracula sucks your blood. Don't want that. The mummy just walks at you. <laughs> That's all he does. All yeah, he's he like, does. yeah, here comes the mummy. He's way slow, and he's been dead for, what, 3,000 years? So he's tiny. They preserved right. him as well as they could, but he's not He's not like six foot tall. It's like a small child with his arms out. Can't do shit. The curse, that's not a monster thing. Who gives a shit about the curse? It's effective, but that's like saying your, your favorite, you know, Hollywood monster is like cancer. Like cancer will kill you, but it's just like it just did that. Yeah, I got this thing and it killed me. I got the curse and it killed me. Who could give a shit? Do you want to defend the mummy as a monster? No, I, I'm completely with you. I think he is, you know, if, if I dare say it, he's weak sauce. That's very good. I will also yeah. know there is some irony in us talking so much shit about something whose primary mode of attacking people is cursing them for fucking with them. It seems right. like we should challenge. We should talk shit about the Wolfman because the Wolfman doesn't listen to podcasts. Doesn't known for throwing his evil spirits behind things. He just comes to your house and you know slashes your throat or something. The the, the mummy is the one who could potentially do something about our, uh, our our negative thoughts about him. Yeah, that does sort of seem like a very procrastinating way of getting back at somebody. Like, oh, I'll get back at you later. <laughs> Have this curse to think about. For and a while. also, like when you get cursed, the curse isn't like the mummy comes to your house and kills you. No. It's like he just sends somebody else. Right, right. It's, it's like he just first off, you know, do your own dirty work. You would think exactly. The the, uh, the the mummy is like the he's the community organizer, where he just like, he helps other people recognize their own power to uh -huh. to do his bidding or whatever. He doesn't actually do anything himself what does the mummy ever do name anything a mummy's ever done in it now have you seen the brendan fraser mummy movies oh I th i'm sure i've seen one of them yeah i haven't seen as in part of my keeping up with not preparing anyway i don't know maybe in those movies the mummy like 
punches Brendan Fraser in the face or something. But I don't think that's what happened, right? I, like, yeah, I think he's more like he's. Uh, is he like an overseer? More, more powerful, like he's like a like a very powerful ghost, and you know he could. I think he could shape shifts and stuff. I just remember in 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 my mind, I can see in my mind's eye like him rising out of sand or something. But this conversation I'm thinking about, I, I don't know if you, like this is maybe after you your time, but uh, or maybe before your time. Did, did you ever see a Monster Squad when you were a kid? I don't know what that is. Oh, it's uh, it's like a group of kids that fights a you know it's a movie and they fight all these monsters, but they have like Mummy and Wolfman and the Vampire and and the Swamp Thing. I think they have to fight them off out of their town. Swamp Thing. What are the Swamp Thing skills? What can he do? Oh, he Swamp Thing. breathe underwater. Yeah, breathe underwater. You know, he's really ugly. He's got... You don't like to look... Now, you see, the mummy... Again, this just sounds like a better version of the mummy. Mummy's probably very ugly, but he covers up his face. This is one of the few actual scary things the mummy could do is, like, pull back the things and make you look at his face. He doesn't even do it. Lazy. Right. Swamp Thing's like, I got it. I own this shit. I right. breathe underwater all the time. I make people look at, like, my melting underwater face all the time. He probably, does he drag people under the water? Gosh. I mean, probably haven't seen the movie since I was eight. But, uh, yeah, he's got claws, too, right? Oh, like claws? That's pretty you. So he's kind of like and a then, fish. Yeah, I think, I think he, like, puts his hand over your, your face and, like, maybe suffocates you or something. Yeah, mummy ain't doing shit. No. Mummy, like, yeah, I think you're right. He, like, just walks at him. And then, like, you know, ultimately he's going to, like, catch a bandage on, like, a s- stick that's sticking out or something that's sticking out of the, the yard and, like, unravel himself as he's walking. <laughs> I think that's what happened, actually. <laughs> so, the mummy's... Oh. The, the scariest thing the mummy can do is commit suicide. It's like, whoops, I died of being the mummy. Tough I mean, thing for me. Like, that's his inherent weakness is just in his clothes. Like, yeah, you're 2,000 years old, but so are your clothes. And, like, we just pull them apart. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why the mummy gets... So how does the mummy get to... The mummy's... It's hard to imagine a lamer monster. Like, at the very least, shouldn't the mummy try to trap you in the pyramid? That would be cool. You would think so. But then and I he... guess that limits the mummy's power so much because it can only, like, then, like, how could the monster, unless the monster squad goes in the pyramid, right. they don't got to worry about the mummy. And they probably didn't want to be like, well, <laughs> this is this, this shitty 80s movie. We got three weeks of shooting in Southern California <laughs> and <then laughs> three days in Egypt. Right. We got to fly the entire crew to Egypt. It's like, like, you know what? The mummy's just going to come over here. How about that? The mummy's just going to walk down uh, <clears throat> some famous street in Los Angeles, and that's where we'll say we saw the mummy. The poor mummy's out of his jurisdiction. Yeah, because that point, he'd just, be, he just be limited to, like, grave robbers. That's all he gets are grave robbers. What if that's the thing? Maybe the mummy is very powerful inside the pyramid. Oh, that Maybe would make you go sense. inside the pyramid, and he's like a fire monster, and he can fuck you up. But then oh. we don't we don't go in the pyramid enough. Oh, and then outside the pyramid is just he's just, just like he's like a three thousand year old nothing baby walking down <laughs> the street. Huh. If you lose a fight to the mummy, first off, this okay. So the, the idea that the mummy is a monster is a joke. What happened is some super old guy got beat up by the mummy and was embarrassed, and he's like. 
you guys heard about this fucking mummy? He's so powerful. He's like, what happened? Like, he killed me. He just attacked me so good. But then it turned out the mummy didn't do shit. Mummy's not, mummy was probably trying to like push this guy into a hospital because he's so old and dead anyway. And then this guy just fell over and said the mummy did it. This this is why there there are no like gothic stories about mummies. It's yeah, like you said, it's got we have Frankenstein, uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. You have Bram Stoker's Dracula, and then nobody's mummy. Nobody's got a mummy. Mummy sucks. What other monsters are there? There's Wolfman. I guess that's not. That's, I, guess, I would assume that's more contemporary than these others you're discussing. Yeah. Um, well, Wolf Wolfman. I think. I think. Well, I think the Wolf people. I think. I actually. I don't know. Like, I always associate that with like uh, Scottish legends, but I really don't know. Um, I'm sure Charlie knows the answer to this. Uh, witches? Do witches count as monsters? Witches and warlocks. Witches and warlocks probably should. And again, and. Also, not doing the mummy any favor, bringing up cool-ass witches and warlocks. If, uh, I guess a wizard isn't a monster. It could, a wizard can do stuff for good, whereas a witch right. is pretty much just evil. Um, let's see. what. Well, honestly, if we're thinking about spooky things, scary things, all that stuff, I think a spider is a better monster than a mummy. Oh, yeah. Spiders yeah, are I mean, really spider, scary. Spider is basically a real-life monster. Yeah. And there's so many of them everywhere, and you don't even know where they are all the time. Whereas a mummy is just like, first off, in the pyramid. So step one, don't go in the pyramid. Guess what? You found the antidote to mummies. Just don't go in his house. Everything is fine. A spider <laughs> comes in your house every day, and every day there's more, and you don't know where they are until they're right. ready to strike. That's Do a good monster. Do you guys have spiders out that way, like in, in Minnesota? They are able to live for the four months a year it is warm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, they probably, yeah, I mean, they probably just, like, retreat to, they're probably in your house right now. I, I uh, this is a knock-on-wood moment. I haven't seen a spider in a long time. We get these weird, like, bugs that are, like, three inches long and have a million legs. I don't think... They're centipedes, but they're fucking gross. I don't know what they are. They get smashed real fast. Also, though, a better monster than a mummy. I fear these things. The mummy comes to my house. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help him out, and I'll probably lock him in the basement. But then I'm gonna call like a scientist to come and study. Yeah. You know, a spider comes to my house, or this I don't lake monster comes to my house. Instant smash. Fuck this guy. Don't need him. Some people are scared of spiders. Are you scared of spiders? Extremely. I don't, I don't like them, but I'm not. I have, yeah. Don't terrify me. I definitely am always like, some people are too scared to uh, like deal with them. And they'll just like, ah, spider, and they'll leave. I see the spider, and like I'm scared that I won't kill it fast enough. I, I do have a, a nightmare memory. It's not really the real life thing that happened, but. Involving spiders. When in college, we lived in Spokane, Washington. We went to Gonzaga, which is now a really good basketball school, but it's sort of in the middle of nowhere. And it's a really dry climate and a lot ton of spiders, like around Jeez. September. It's disgusting. My roommate and I were out. I think we just smoked a bunch of pot and we're out in the, out on the like patio besides our, our apartment. And I think he like sprayed some rocks with hairspray. And then lit it on fire, and all of a sudden, all these spiders started running out 
but like flaming spiders like running toward us after just maybe probably smoking a big joint. And it's just like burned in my memory now. Was this his intention when he lit the rock on fire? No, no. It was just, it was what a weird coincidence. That's insane. It's like, ah! it's it's like, like if you did that on purpose, at it, you. if you did that on purpose, it'd be so impressive. Oh, but yeah. then to do that by accident is, is just beyond that, especially like when in that circumstance, you're not especially excited to see something scary, perhaps. And then it's like, well, all the flaming spiders are here. Right. Here's a bunch of flaming spiders. Oh chasing after you the mummy now if you go now i concede perhaps i haven't seen the mummy movies first off i don't think i've seen any mummy movie ever i haven't seen the old time so maybe i'm just wrong maybe feel free to call in the phone line's open now uh let me know if something else happens with the mummy but as far as i can tell mummy doesn't do shit maybe if you go in the mummy's house the mummy will fuck with you and that's fair i always say Spider comes in my house, I smash it, and I don't feel bad. Because you know what? If I went in the spider's house, I would not expect to be treated nicely. I would expect that spider would be unhappy to see me. And so he should expect the same when he comes in my house and I smash him. Your fault for coming in my house. So maybe the mummy's like that too. Maybe the mummy can kick ass in his house and he turns into the fire monster. We don't know because I haven't seen the movies. But outside where we see the mummy walking around, you know what the mummy is like? The mummy is like one zombie. It just with some tape. Yeah, it, 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 oh, don't yeah, and get rid of all the scary stuff where like the zombie's falling apart and like his face is falling off and he's gross and he's moaning at. Or the, the scariest thing about zombies, which is I was like, oh my god, that's my old friend Dave. He got bit by the zombie and now he's the zombie. Super super scary. You don't know the mummy. The mummy died a million years ago. So it's like one zombie that you don't know, and he's covered up so you wouldn't be able to tell it was him anyway, and all he can do is kind of just wave at you like a zombie does. But the zombie's scary because there's a million of them, and you can't get away. You can't right. get away from one, one mummy. You're fucked anyway. I think it is time for mummies to be canceled. Agreed. No more mummies. Yeah, think about it. Like, think about spiders, too. Is there, like, like you mentioned, zombies, so many of them. Like, there's always just so many spiders. You know, they have, like, gazillion babies all at once. That's what they always say. When you see one, that means there's, like, a hundred right there. Right. It's what you, it's what you, maybe it's what you don't know that's the scariest. So maybe, well, this is, if we want to build the mummy back up, what if we just say it's a bunch of spiders in there? No, that would be creepy. Like this is the, like this is the spider's goal. When you see that spider walking around, you're like, "Oh, the spider's trying to get in my bed to eat me," or the spider's looking for some food. He's not. He's looking for some tape to take back to his friends so they can wrap themselves up and come and get you. That could so be what it, what it is. Like one mummy is just like a gazillion spiders on top of each oh, other, like so many spiders. Together. Yep. And they just want you to come over, so you bump them, and as soon as you bump them. All the tape falls off and the spiders are on you. <sighs> See, the mummy, the mummy can have his resurgence, but he's got to he's got to get rid of the ties to the past. The past, re- it was a failure. Rebrand. Yeah, rebranding mummies. Yeah, and then the, and then the mummy can do anything. That fucking bunch of spiders—that's as scary as shit. This could, this could actually be a scene in the mummy, and we just don't know it. Oh like this could actually happen. If we just accidentally wrote the shitty, like, it's like the fourth mummy. We're like, it's like the direct-to-video mummy. They're like, God, what have we got? It's like, 
some idiot sent us a spec script about a bunch of spiders. Who cares? Just get it made. Right. I need this shit in Redbox by next week. Right. Well, Dave, a lot of people might have said, Johnny, the main subject of the podcast cannot be mummies. I think we've proven them wrong. Agreed. I think we got a lot of good mileage out of mummies. It was a good time. That was our last segment. Dave, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, sure. And I didn't come prepared for this. But I do have – so there's a book I just I just finished, and I never really read for pleasure, but I have been lately. Um, and this, this, this sounds lame, but it's just a book on sleep, um, Why We Sleep by the Sleep Researcher, and I just thought it was amazing. And I just, I just read right through it, um, just about, you know, the different stages of sleep and everything that's happening. And, you know, it's something I never really think about. You know, I go to, I go to sleep. I, I work late in the evening. I don't get enough sleep. I get up too early. Um, but it's really made me think more about how, like, how I should treat my sleep better. If you think about it, you know, we spend, what, like a third of our days every day through through your entire life in this, in this state. And it's essentially like a black box, at least until recently, since MRIs have come out and the different stages of sleep they've identified. Um, but I encourage anyone to, to have a look at it, have a read. Uh, it is, I'm just looking up on my computer right now. A guy named Matthew Walker. What's the name of the book again? Um, why We Sleep, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams. I have definitely thought about this before, how, like, if we didn't sleep and we met an alien race and they were like, oh, yeah, we spend a third of our time just, like, motionless and, like, anybody who wants to attack us or whatever, the spiders can come in our beds. It's no big deal. We just lay there and we don't really know why and we have just, like, crazy imaginary things happen. We'd think that they're real in the moment. It'd be like the craziest shit you'd ever heard of. That's exactly but right. We all take it completely for granted because you have to do it or you die. But That's it's exactly. just truly bizarre that this is a major part of our lives. And also we just give it very little thought. So this sounds like a really interesting book. Oh, it was super interesting. And that, like you actually just encapsulated the entire argument is, um, you know, sleep obviously does something very important, even if we don't understand it completely. Because, you know, it, like if you don't do it, you're going to die. But at the same time, you know, like you think about us as cavemen, you know, sitting around a fire, you know, you, <laughs> if you just go to sleep, you just lay down, you're probably going to get eaten by a yeah, friend. What's the worst thing I could do yeah. right now? Yeah, except you I have know to there's a hundred monsters over there. So Right. Except you have to do it every day. And it's, it's not the same. For, it's not just us. It's the same for every animal, including insects. And so... Obviously, that means it's either the greatest mistake of Mother Nature <laughs> ever made for every species on Earth, or it's vitally important and we just don't know why. And at the same time, you know, there are times when our, our brain just does crazy things and we basically hallucinate, which it turns out apparently, like, happens at the at the later parts of your sleep. So if you're getting up extra early, um, you just cut off some sleep. You're just like, oh, I have to get up early today. Like you, you miss you miss out on all the benefits of of your your valuable REM dream sleep. So that 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 late period dream sleep is like the most valuable. That's what you need the most. Uh, no, apparently apparently like they're they divide into like four different stages. Okay. First three are non REM, 
but then so apparently when your brain essentially either gets rid of memories that you don't need to clear up space and then also helps you retain the important information and sort of does like organizing and they they can tell what's happening um what stage you're in by just reading your brain waves like they look very Whoa. they look very up and down very consistent and this was crazy to me, but they can enhance different uh, uh, benefits of sleep by by like mirroring those brain waves when you're experiencing them. So like playing sounds at the same peak of the wave or the trough, and so you, you can remember things better or worse. Wow, well, that was like that blew my mind. But and then the, yeah, and then the fourth stage is is REM, which is a hyperactive uh, associative. Uh, sequence of dreaming, basically of hallucinating, when your rational thought gets turned off, and then the other parts of your brain sort of interact to make connections that you wouldn't be able to make, um, you know, in your rational mind. It was it was bananas. I love this book. This book sounds amazing. I think I'm going to read this book, Dave. Yeah, no, it's good, and like you can just kind of you can kind of just skip around, and that's what he encourages you to do. If like like you think this part's interesting, so let's just start here. Yeah, highly encourage it. I like this a lot. Uh, another thing I like a lot is I have recently decided. I more okay. Let's say I recognize that my favorite, maybe subgenre, of movies is I don't necessarily know what you would call this. Let's call it semi-serious or above space movies. And I just love any movie where they, like, contemplate space travel in a non-silly way. And so, like, this isn't going to count, like, Star Wars. I don't – these are not generally action movies. But I read the book Contact, and I've seen, I have I loved the movie when I was a kid, and I haven't seen it in a while. But I, it's on my list of semi-serious or above space movies. But I just – I made a list of all I could think of, and then I kind of Googled and tried to find other movies around it. And so I've started watching these, and uh, many of these I've seen before, but many I have not. I recently, in the over, last weekend, I watched Interstellar and Ad Astra. Oh, was Ad Astra good? I've, hmm. I liked it, but have you seen it? You, I guess no, you probably have I not since you asked me I, I liked it. To, but, yeah. uh, I would love to talk about it with you, or, or anyone, obviously. But I have extremely spoilery thoughts exclusively, I think. But I would definitely recommend watching it. Okay. And if you do, I'd love to talk about it. But yeah, so I've just started watching um, all of these movies that I can come up with, whether I've seen them before or not. And I've been really enjoying it. So my plugs are twofold. For one, if you like these movies, uh, watch them, and you'll probably have a good time. And secondly, I think this is my new thing. I like coming up it's almost like if a, a second run, or like a what's the the revival house movie theater place will just be like, oh, we're having what's that word? There's like a word for like, oh, we're just going to do a season of all this kind of movie, and it might be a director or a genre or something. I kind of like the idea of coming up with my own one of those and just making a list and plowing through it. And like, th this is a there's movies from different eras, but they're all kind of just like, what if we take space travel really seriously? And think about it from that perspective. Oh, that's great. What else is on your list? Can I ask? Uh, this is this list is not conclusive. My list is currently 
2001, both versions of Solaris, Contact, oh. Interstellar, Moon, First Man, Ad Astra, Sunshine, The Martian, Gravity, Europa Report, Apollo 13, Arrival, Silent Running, and Prometheus. Some of these, especially towards the end, are more, perhaps more tangential than others as far as this, but uh, I'm going to watch all of these movies, I think, over the next several weeks. And have a really good time doing it. So, like I say, so far I've only watched two. I've seen a little over half of these already, but I still think it'll be especially interesting to watch them all in conjunction. And uh, I've really been liking it. Do you have any additions to my list? Uh, this, uh, this is you or for anyone? No, I, I, I love this genre too. Um, the one that I was, I'm glad you had Moon on there. That's a great movie. Moon, I'm especially excited because uh, Gina has not seen Moon, and I have. Oh, and boy, right. is it going to be fun to be the total terrible movie partner like Elbring, you're like hey what about this though right this is pretty good she's gonna fucking right. have a terrible time watching it and i'm gonna love it now i, I have to try to make her watch this before she hears this podcast but yes right i, I liked oh you mentioned is it solar or sun i liked that movie a lot I, I remember liking it a lot oh solaris no well solaris i've never seen the religion sunshine sunshine yeah sunshine yes sunshine is the obvious uh the like the last third of the movie sucks. Okay. I think uh, we're kind of just be. It's okay. Spoilers for Sunshine. If for some reason you're really into Danny Boyle, but you haven't checked it out yet, the last third of the movie it turns into like a crazy monster thing. Oh. And the monsters chasing him around. I love the first two thirds, where it's just them trying to do their 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 space travel, and then at the end it's like, oh, but there's an alien on the ship, and they got to fuck with the alien. And that part I don't like as much. Oh, I don't remember that part. Okay. That's 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 a good way to watch the movie. You probably have in your head that movie's probably like a nine or a ten because you forgot the bad part. I remember the bad part, so it's like a seven or eight for me. Huh. Maybe maybe, maybe I'll have, I'll have to watch the, the like first half again or something. Most of that movie is really, really good. It's uh, with the guy twenty eight days later, right? Is that the same one? Uh, hundred and twenty seven hours. Oh, are we talking about different movies? Why are we talking about different movies? Okay, let's see. How, how many how many like space travel movies can there be about the sun? My movie is 2007, directed by Danny Boyle, in the not-too-distant future, Earth's dying sun spells the end for humanity. Now I mean, let's is, see. Sunshine. What's that? Sunshine movie. Let me... Yeah. Hmm... None of this is getting edited out, so try to be fast. Okay. Uh, Google Images. Oh. Hmm. I think that's the movie I was thinking of. I don't know. Maybe it's just been a long time. But if you have Prometheus on there, you have to. You also have to include Alien, don't you? I get yeah, aliens should probably be included. I don't I feel like Prometheus is a little more Aliens is definitely just an action movie, right? Yeah. And then I don't want to watch any of the other ones. Um what was the, the, the just a new one just came out and I didn't see it. Was that one? Does that should that be on my list? Did you see that? What's like the effective alien sequel that he just did? Well was it wasn't Alien versus Predator, is that I don't think it's that um so 
there was a second Prometheus. Right, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I, I think this one was Prometheus is like, but it was really bad. Very was the, was the new one really bad? Terrible. Yeah. Okay. Because Prometheus Don't. is like seems like it's an alien sequel, and then at the very end, it's like, oh, it's definitely an alien sequel. Right. And right. so I think this new one was supposed to be more like just owning it from the beginning. We're talking about Alien here. But then I didn't see it at all. You're right, though. That is a great genre movie. Yeah, I just, I love it. And, like, they can go about it different ways. And, like I said, I've got some more legitimate space travel. I've got, I haven't seen First Man yet. Have you seen First Man? No. I think good reviews, didn't I? Yeah, I think I'm, that might be one of the ones I haven't seen that I'm most excited about. I also want to know that I have Don't Watch the Movie Passengers on my list. Because oh. that that directly falls under this category, but was so poorly reviewed, and everybody was like, "This movie made me so fucking mad that I eventually uh, went online and read spoilers for what yeah. happened." And I was so happy I didn't watch this terrible movie. It's yeah, I think like it, the biggest piece of shit. I think Adele started watching that Prime once, and I think I got kicked out of the room for <laughs> it. It so obnoxious. It's like, oh, it was it was it Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt. Yeah, it's like, oh, there's only two on this spaceship forever. I wonder if it's going to be a romantic thing. Uh, Maybe that'll be the final. Maybe after I watch all the others, I'll go back and do that. Don't do it to yourself. (laughs) But uh, either way, if you have any suggestions to add to my list, I'd love to hear them. And if you have your own subgenre, I'd love to hear about somebody else's subgenre and then the list they make, both for thinking about what movies technically can fit under it and uh, what narrow classifications, what just, if a movie is about this, you just tend to be into, into it. So, good stuff. Dave, thank you so much for coming on the podcast this week. Thanks you, man. This, thanks you, man. This has been a lot of fun. It has been a great time. And, oh my God, who can believe we're keeping a podcast under an hour. Best wishes in the intervening days.